Want an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news and trends in the NBA? Listen to the NBA Daily Ding podcast Monday through Friday. Wake up and turn up the NBA Daily Ding to stay informed on all things NBA here at The Athletic and wherever you get your podcasts. With the playoffs in full swing, you don't want to miss a single episode of the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network every single Monday with myself, Zach Harper, and our cast of characters, Trevon Edwards, Jay King, Dave DeFord, James Edward III, Law Murray. We're breaking down every single big playoff story, and we're doing it with a lot of fun and a lot of trash talk. Make sure you're checking it out. The Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA show every single Monday morning right in your podcast face. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Schlecht. And I am Alex Spears. And you can join us every Saturday on the Athletic NBA show for the Saturday Slam and Jam. We will bring you the most interesting plots and storylines from the playoffs, fun guests, and a weekly trivia show where I attempt to completely embarrass my co-host Andrew. So grab your coffee, do your chores, and turn up the Saturday Slam and Jam right here on the Athletic MBA Show. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, we catch up on the playoffs and all of the news from this week, which just doesn't want to stop before any more news breaks. This is Nerd She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. It's Nerd She Wrote. It's late at night, actually. We're recording this Thursday night after Bucks Nets. So we're all really fired up from the game. I'm Dave Dufour. Mo was just about to talk, but I cut him off. What's up, Mo? It's not really late over here in LA. It's, it's, it's oh, that's a good point. Uh, well, yeah, we're on Central Time over here, uh, Seth. Central. Also, we have to make a confession that we didn't actually start after the game. We started at the end of the game when it's over now. But yeah. we started. They didn't need yeah. to know that, Seth. That's such a minute. Mm. That's such an analytics little detail. <laughs> Jeez, you're a nerd. We started- All the pieces matter. <laughs> guys, no. Guys, we started in garbage time. You know, like, uh, you know, we, we didn't miss anything important. Uh, and apparently we started with garbage time here, too. So good job. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. <laughs> so um, how are you guys feeling about the Bucks and Nets now that it's going seven? You know, um, I didn't love the Bucks in, in game six. I, I really didn't see what I was hoping to see out of them. I, I was glad that they won, but eh. Well, no, but before we do this, Seth, do you remember when Dave picked the Bucks in five? I can't keep track. Of yes, but hold on. But hang on. Listen, how am I supposed to predict that they would just play dumb? No, no, for a couple they, games. They've been well. You, but you picked Bucks in five when everyone was healthy. Yes, though. I did. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo seems- wasn't hurt. No, no, no. Hey, <laughs> no. We had no, a full he, he net squad. Yeah, We're holding yeah, you yeah. accountable, Dave. Listen, but it's okay. That, that, that seems like a, that seems like a bad take. Yeah. Now. Oh, it's, it's an awful take. And they've got, yeah. I had Bucks in seven, so I feel great. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, for all the wrong reasons and for everything I didn't expect to happen. Because, Dave, you're right. The Bucks have yeah. played this I stupidly. Had, 
Yeah. I had Nets in six before the series, which I feel I feel good about where I was on that. That's what that's what it would have been, I think, if Kyrie hadn't gone out. Um yeah, it's I don't know, man. This Bucks team is just it stays weird. It's like I figured tonight, like they were just so they spent the whole first half playing bully ball. And whereas Brooklyn was at least able to, you know, put up some resistance to it in the first couple of games, it was just like they, they were they were heavy legged all game. And so like Giannis was just going to the basket, like Holiday was just putting people in the basket. They did that the entire first half. And then they come out of halftime and 11 of their first 13 shots in the second half are jumpers. This, this is what they do. This is what they've been doing all series. And it's driving me freaking insane. I don't – it's – why go away from what works? And we're going to talk about this also when we get to the Sixers because I got a lot of heat for them too. But it's going away from what you're doing that works. They did the same thing in game five. You know, you build this lead. You're you're moving the ball. You're getting good looks. You're getting good opportunities. And things like that. And then in the second half, it's just all one-on-one stuff, you know? And and it, you just touched on it. 11 of their first 13 shots in the second half are jumpers. Like, put your foot on their neck in the first five minutes of the third quarter and end the game. Yeah. And, you know, what are two of those were kind of, you know, penetrate, kick, open three? Sure. Like, those are fine. Like, those aren't the ones we're talking about. Like, but it's, you know, Giannis takes a, like, takes a baseline pull up. Like, Holiday takes a couple step backs. Middleton, like, shoots a fadeaway. And, you know, that's for, you know, for Middleton, I guess that's fine. But still, when you, you, you were at one point in the first half, they were like 13 of 15 in the paint. And it's just, just do do that. They have Blake Griffin as a rim protector. Yeah. Do that. Why haven't they do, done if they could have won in four if they had just done that the whole time? You know, and then they go to Giannis at the five down the stretch, and hey, what do you know? It works. It's great. I mean, it I mean it works when Brooklyn has no energy and like makes two of nine threes throughout like the end of second and through the competitive parts of the fourth quarter. Yeah. KD so, having to play 48. Yeah. And then yeah. come back he, after he two did, days. He had nothing. I mean, I mean, he, had, he had seven. Tur- he had seven turnovers tonight. He had trouble like hanging onto the ball against contact. And and you know this was. I I thought that you know Tucker got away with a lot in games three and four on him. Um, I didn't like. I think that they, I didn't. I didn't feel that way tonight. I didn't. Like, there was not like a lot of man. Katie's getting manhandled tonight. It's just like he doesn't. No, it was. He, it he was just, solid defense on 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 yeah. KD. I thought from Tucker, and that's yeah. also why like the whole crowd of people screaming throughout the series after Game Five. Why isn't Giannis guarding KD? It's like no, dude, like Tucker's done a good job. Um, but and, also know your personnel. And, How about that? How about Middleton that? did a good Middle, job. Yeah, yeah. There was no. Yeah. You have three guys you could put on KD before you put Giannis there. And Giannis's best defensive role to me, in my opinion, is the weak side cleanup guy. Is let me come over, help. Let me, let me with his length and everything like that. Let me come through and block shots and things like that. And I think you, I've been told that you're actually a fraudulent defensive player of the year <laughs> if you can't guard one on one on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Um, anyway, I mean, listen, Giannis can guard one through five on one possession, but you don't want Giannis guarding Kevin Durant on the wing. He's not a two. He's not a three. Like 
It's a big versus a versus a wing. By, by the way, Giannis picked him up on some possessions, and if you want to go back and look at the possessions where KD got penetration, it was those when he was guarded by Giannis. Like, yeah, you know, it's, and, KD is a well. KD Giannis has some bad guard. habits there Giannis too, is, right? So yeah, no, when he just, guards those big guys like like KD, who's his handle is. He's got a good handle, but it can get loose, and Giannis tries yeah. to pick it. And so you yeah. got to worry about getting in foul trouble if you put him on Kevin Durant, not to mention just getting beat off the dribble. Yeah, because, I mean, because you say it's a little loose, but that's because KD's, like, one of his main moves is, like, that hang yeah. crossover into, like, a— He caught Giannis with one tonight. Yeah. And and so— And Giannis's strength as a defense is not lateral quickness. No. And KD is a guy who will put you in a blunder. So, so what are we doing here? Anyway. But I'm with you yeah. guys, though. KD looked tired. He played 40 minutes tonight. Like, that's still yeah. a ton of minutes, you know, and and, and, and going to be hard with, with game seven, you know, in 48 hours. Two days, yeah. From I, I mean, if, if we do want to talk about something where, like, the thing where Brooklyn would have had a chance – it's the fact that they ended the second and third quarters so poorly. Mm-hmm. Like they were down, they they gave up six zero runs at the end of both of those quarters, which is funny considering that they were down eleven entering the fourth quarter. Like you take it, like obviously you can't just well, like those possessions still happen, so you can't just. But you take away those six zero runs, and they're actually up one at that point. Mm-hmm. But I think that that that's sort of indicative of them just not having a lot of burst tonight and it wasn't you know it wasn't just durant it was like everyone didn't have a lot like joe harris hasn't been shooting well but he really struggled to even find shots tonight i mean jeff green two and, and nine you know like it's it's, yeah. it's a lot of those guys that were big you know uh, uh along those lines i thought harden looked a little bit better still not 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 yeah. at the point where i'm like oh <laughs> he looks fine um but just slightly better than what he looked like in game five uh, in that scenario, he looked better enough to to craft his way to, you know, somebody. It also helped Mo- that he was wearing the white jerseys because that that looked a little more slimming. Sorry, that was just mean. That was fat shaming. Sorry, I apologize, James. Uh, black is slimming. I don't uh, know Mo. the difference. Um, yeah. So let me ask you, Mo. Do you feel like Brooklyn's rotation was just too? It's just too short. You know, I mean, they're playing like seven guys, really. And they don't have a lot of guys. That's part of it. But but man, it just feels like they they were running on empty. And, and uh, Kevin Durant is playing forty eight minutes, and hey, that has to happen. And he's got to put up all forty nine of those points to win that game the other night. But man, you got to find a way to get these other guys going. The only guy I really think on their bench that deserves more minutes is Nick Claxton. For him, he only got three minutes tonight, and and yeah. it's just limited very much in terms of what they have. You know, with, yeah. this is where injuries in the playoffs really hurt you, because it's not just you have to. It's not just you don't have that guy. You're moving somebody up from your bench into the starting lineup, and now your bench is weaker, and so it becomes an, an issue. So I just think it's a it's a tough scenario for for Brooklyn to just have to deal with this, and like crap, we just. I mean, like what, Chris Chioza should should get more minutes. Like, what are we what are we doing? I know, I know. <laughs> no, and 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 also like Claxton is is the the the, the identity of the players who got hurt also really hurts Claxton mm-hmm. because 
you know, he he's a you know he's a very interesting pick and roll dive man, but you you can't you can't run a pick and roll hard right now. And Kyrie's out, and like you kind of don't want to run a lot of pick and rolls with Durant right now because that just brings a second guy to him. And you're not getting so, as much dribble penetration, so Claxton and right. the dunker spot doesn't really help you as much, right? And so maybe does he does he give you something defensively? Yeah, but like. Basically, that you know, you have Claxton in the game. You can't run pick and roll, and then that lets Brooke Lopez just you know stand at the at the the top of the charge circle and like completely wall off the paint. So I don't, I don't. It's hard to say that they're making a, a huge mistake by not playing Claxton under these circumstances. Other than the fact that maybe they just need the yeah, body. it's just it's just yeah. a matter of that. I think almost it's it's because you're a hundred percent right. Like. Harden can't move, so you can't do much on the pick and roll. Dave's right with him in the dunker spot, not a lot of penetration and things like that. You're you just to me, it's just like if you need to spread out the minutes, cause just look at it. KD forty minutes tonight. Jeff Green thirty six. Blake Griffin thirty one. Joe Harris thirty six. Harden with forty, and off the bench, Shamit with twenty two. Like that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's really all they got, and, and it's a body situation where it's like, look for a few minutes. Our offense might not be productive. Let's just hope he gives us something defensively. Like that's you, you play play a checking line. Like yeah, in you're hockey. just like you're just you're just like please God, let's figure it out. You know. Yeah. Well, how was the checking line work for Philly? Uh, oh, oh yeah. well, we're gonna get there. We'll uh, get there. Uh, oh, well, let's jump there in a I'm second. Hold on, but I want to ask yeah. you guys about this game seven coming up because no, 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 hold you know, on. I, we got to do one thing about Milwaukee. Also, the one thing we oh, got to okay. talk about about Milwaukee: no threes for Giannis tonight. Like it was, it was, I, besides, I think his first pull-up shot, which absolutely drove me nuts. I, I didn't see a lot of pull-up Giannis too much, except maybe a little bit in that third quarter run, but no threes, no pull-up shots for him. That's good decisions. That's all I got there on, on, on that. You guys are both nodding your head. So I'm assuming we're good. Not controversial. No, I, I agree with you. Not so controversial. The, the one, you, you were, you the, were awesome when you attack the basket and try to dunk. Hey, do that. Yeah. So there's one thing that that, that a friend of the program, Chris Herring, noted during the game was that it's there's a lot of times where he still he gets into the lane and he's not able to, you know, his euro step didn't beat the guy and he like contorts his body and throws it back out. Usually top of the key. I think yeah. And the thing I would like to see there is go into a crab dribble and okay, I you know, I I I Blake has kind of chested me up. Okay, now I'm gonna bang him, bang him, shoot a jump hook, or spin off him and dunk. And instead of instead of like idle down and do that. Well, that's like and, young point guard stuff that you learn like when you're in middle school as a basketball player, because your natural instinct is to get into the paint and have that defense start to collapse and to do what? Pick up your dribble. Kick. Yeah. Or kick, right? It's one of the two, yeah. but you're picking that dribble up and looking to do something. And I just think it's a lack I mean, it's the lack of experience. Yeah. Like, but you think about that, like what, like in that situation, what would LeBron do? He'd get into the lane. Okay. You stop me. Mm-hmm. Pound, pound, pound. Either you're going to double or I'm going to shoot a three foot jump. Hook My one thing is, I think part of that is his free throw shooting is in his head. And at mm-hmm. that point, he's afraid to get fouled, you know, with how poorly he shot free throws. Did well today. Six of 10. You're, you're better than what he's been doing. But like you, I think some of that plays into that. With him, because you're 100 percent right. Listen, but I just think when you go like, "What would LeBron do?" I go like, "Yeah, well, LeBron's going to get fouled." Like LeBron knows I gotta he's getting say, the line. Listen, 
free throw routines, I'm sorry, but if you're like a 60% free throw shooter, you don't get one. They have got to get him to stop. Just get to the line and take the shot. Quit thinking. The more you dribble, the worse the shot is. And at this point, like the thing, the, the, the 10 second count, you can just see it on his face. Like you, you're not shutting that out. Man, just get, you got to get that shot up. You got to just, Clay Thompson used to do it actually. You know, like he used to do almost like a catch and shoot from the referee. And I say this every single time you have a guy like Giannis who is clearly in his head over these free throws, man, just get the ball up. It's going to go in. It's going to go in probably 60% of the time, whether you spend all that time sitting there dribbling the ball and thinking or whether you don't. So just get the shot up and move on. That's that's my take on the Giannis free throw thing. Just got to get himself out of his head. He's so he's always taken a mm-hmm. long time on free throws. Yeah. This isn't this is mechanical. New. And even well, and even you know he even earlier in his career when he shot him a little better, he always he he took a he took yeah. I mean, I think I remember I I, I want to say that he got called for a couple ten seconds my first year with the Bucks when he was, you know, it was just his first kind of big scoring year. And part of it is because of the way he plays offense is so like physically demanding that there's also an element of, you know, this is, I okay, this is me resting a little bit too. Yeah. So there is some of that. Just kind of, you know, take the air out of the ball. Take a 45-second time out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't, well, they, they, you know, they don't have 20. <laughs> you know, they don't have the 45-second <laughs> time yeah. anymore. So. All right. Um, okay, let's let's move to Philly, Atlanta. Um Shocking turn of events okay, in that series. About, okay, Mo Mo was annoyed by the 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 Bucks series. I'm gonna get called a hater for this, and like that I'm down on the Hawks and whatever. Philly should be should have won the series. Yes, no, absolutely. Been, that should have been that should have been they should have won Game Four, and they should have closed out the series last night. They are the better team, and they have given this. They have probably given this series away. And credit to the Hawks for being willing to take it and for keeping themselves in games and fighting, but they have no business being up in this series because they should have, they, they like with a, a more competent together team blows them out of the water in games four and five because they were reeling. No, they, they, I'm with you, Seth. And they, whatever, call me a hater. I don't care. They have no business being up in this. And this is, all the Sixers doing incredibly stupid stuff, plain and simple. Like, it's just when you look at what they did in game five, it, it, Sixers offensively, what they did in the first half is exactly how you're supposed to play if you're the Philadelphia 76ers. And to go away from it in the second half, and I mean completely go away from it in the second half, is criminal. You can't be doing that. That stuff doesn't make sense. They went from 10 and bead post ups. In the first half, where he was dominant, Clay Capella has no answer for him. Every time they doubled, he made a great pass. Swing, swing threes, opportunities, finding guys, doing a lot out of that. Second half, three post-ups, one in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, and he gets it with five seconds left on the shot clock. Now, listen, they got some good stuff. They got Seth Curry going and things like that, but you got to stick. You're a post-up team. You got to be a post-up team. Can't can't change that in the second half. It's, it, I don't totally agree with you. I largely agree with you. I do, but I do think that they were getting for both Curry and Embiid for a lot of the second half. They were doing a, 
getting really good looks. And Embiid got, you know, he wasn't posting up, but he was getting inside when they kind of overreacted to Curry making a couple shots. And then Embiid came down the lane. And if you remember, like there was a couple of times where he had some pretty scary falls every, coming down every the lane. Play, off, fall, yeah. Every time he falls, yeah. a scary and, fall set. Yeah. Um, uh, it's scary but, for so John Collins, too. Yeah, that was a crazy play. Oh man, yeah. No, but like, here's my. But yeah, he's hitting the floor all the time. Go ahead, Seth. Sorry. No. So, but 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 you know, okay, we're like, yes, that is a problem, and there's maybe some of an immediate. But the bigger problem, like for me, first of all, no other sixer made a basket in the second half other than those two. That's a problem. Uh, The the where they lost the game was the last minute of the third quarter and the first two minutes of the fourth quarter when they went to the bench lineup and Dwight clowned around and they went on and and Atlanta went on the 13 to 2 run and all of a sudden with 10 minutes left in the game Embiid and Curry and Simmons have to come back in the game and you know for the playoffs Embiid has averaged seven and a half minutes in the fourth quarter and shockingly having having come back in two and a half minutes earlier than usual in the fourth quarter, he's out of gas at, at two and a half minutes. And yes, I, I we talked about this before, and I know you don't want to hear about like you know him being tired, but at the same time, you've got to like the bench has got to be able to give you four minutes in that spot without just like throwing up all over themselves. I, I agree with you, but their problems I think started long before that. Eight turnovers in the third quarter is is a massive problem right there, and a lot of it stemmed from. Embiid in the high post and running the offense there. Not all the turnovers were on Embiid, but it all started with him initiating it. One was him with a dribble handoff and Corkmoss dribbles it off his leg. Trey Young gets a, a, a layup. One is him trying to get into the paint from the top of the key and it's a turnover and Bogdanovich gets a layup. There, it, there are just mistakes. Like, here's the thing. Like, that's cool and it I understand what they're doing. They're doing that to try to get Harris a post up, trying to get Simmons a post up. But like when that's not working, you got to go to your bread and butter, you know, and, and even, even, you know, we, we, we talked about it in our, in our text chain, when you had to put in bead back in should have been three post-ups in a row straight away going like it was like 14 point lead when they put in bead back in should have been three post-ups in a row. Let's see if we push this out to 20 because he's going to get fouled. He's going to get a bucket at least on, on two out of the three. How do you pull so to, it's to, a to basically to 25 point no. lead in 15 yeah. minutes, man, when you've got Joel Embiid. No, it's, 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 you know, like you, like, uh, like the great Lou Brown said, like, forget about the curveball, Ricky, give him the yeah. year. Like just like nothing fancy, just old number Great one reference by the way. Great well, and, reference. but it's surprising <laughs> to me because like Doc, isn't that Doc's thing? Hey, I'm gonna get out of your way. You go do what you do best. It it it's this was a this has been a weirdly coached series from Doc. The first game was terrible. He got he, he was better in the next two. Um, I don't fault him so for I, game well, four. Hold, so hold on. Like let's 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 be more specific about what was bad. Uh, that's a good about point. Game one. Well, game one was the lineups so, for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, it was the lineups, and like I don't think starting with Danny Green, Danny Green on, on Trey, Young. yeah, because I don't immediately think starting that way right. is is no, I don't think starting that way is a problem. Like I think because okay, we want to, we don't want to like play the card with Simmons. We want to do some other stuff. Simmons might pick up fouls, whatever. So if we can get away with this, let's see if that works. But it's it was clear four minutes into the game that wasn't going to play, and they went. Then they kept at it for 
the entire first half and then went back to it in the second half. And so that's so it wasn't like, okay, we'll we'll try this and then if it doesn't work, we'll get out of it because we have other options. It, they stuck with it way too long. And that was the the the, the problem in game one. Yeah. Not so much. No, but, the, but the there was also the, the he he yeah. ended the first quarter with none of his three guys in. Right. And 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 started the second that way and it turned and it really kind of snowballed from there in that sense as well. Wait, was 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 Seth Curry not in the game then? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean you mean oh sorry, you meant Tobias Harris, who didn't show up at all yeah. for game five, which is uh, he was great in, in, in game three for them and, and and didn't show up at all in game five. But like it's just the the mistakes that they're making sometimes. It's just like I don't even know. Some of it isn't coaching to me. Some of it is like Embiid's got to demand the ball in the post too. I'm trying not to be Charles Barkley and Shaq on TNT or whatever. But, but Embiid is point, good in the post. Yeah, he no, should. But at a certain point, he's just got to look at Doc going like, just give me the ball on the block. Just just call turn five, punch whatever you call it, and and and, and give it to me on the damn block. Let's go to work. And, 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 and I'll get you and I'll take us home. But it was just it – was, it, it was impressive in that sense – where I was just watching this thing, I tweeted at the end of the third quarter, I go, they're up 18, but no lead safe. You could just feel it coming. <laughs> and, it, and it came. <laughs> yeah. And the, 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 you know, it obviously for a big lead like that, some things have to happen. Like, you know, they're kind of banging around at 10, 12, 8, blah, blah, blah. And then felt like they'd kind of righted the ship. And then Collins banks in the three yeah. as the shot clock expires, but you can't go to pieces at, at that. And the, the, um, the, I mean, the other thing, the, the, th- I mean, part of the reason why they didn't get any inbeat post ups in the fourth quarter is because of the, the hack of Simmons, yeah. which is, you know, Simmons has got to make his free throws, whatever, but they're going hacka and you've got Furkan Korkmaz and Seth Curry in the game. And they're just like, you know, maybe you get away with one of them. But that's you're you're giving too many targets, and you know Lou Williams and Trey went crazy, and, and it's like you're playing only defense. That's all you're doing is playing defense because Ben Simmons is shooting free throws. Like you're playing set defense. Why do you have anyway? Yeah, and this is this is this is this and this goes back. It's funny because uh, Fred Katz and I were talking about this. Like this is something when he coached the Clippers. That when it was hack a DJ, and it's like, well, you've got Jamal Crawford on. Why do you have Jamal Crawford on the floor? Right. You're not, you, you, you never have the ball. And it, it, it's anyway. just, it was well, it's Simmons. Just, the hack of Simmons is working, or hack a Ben, whatever we're calling it, is yeah. working. It's, it's sapping his aggressiveness. Well, yeah. it's, I mean, he's, he's afraid to go to the free throw line. I mean, it's just that simple. But it's, here's the thing. And, and and let's also we we can't take everything away from the Hawks. The most impressive thing about the They're Hawks is ass. as yeah. a young team, they are mentally tougher than the Sixers. That's the way I look at this right now. And and I have no faith in the Sixers winning the next two games because I think the Hawks are just that much tougher than them. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's like little things like like Anyeko Kongwu, who hasn't been good all series, kicks Dwight Howard's ass for five <laughs> minutes to get them to get them basically to start the comeback. Yeah, I mean, they, they listen. The Sixers are going to be kicking themselves because they blew a chance to get to the conference finals and potentially the finals with with by, by with the path wide open in front of them because of all the it, injuries. It's unbelievable. Two times you blow a a, a double digit lead in the second half. And, and I mean, it's unforgivable. Like, you, to be honest, even if they win the seven game series, they don't deserve it. All right. I, that's a lot of Sixers. I want to talk about Trey Young because we're we're hard on Trey Young, I think. 
And, and because he's talented, it's not because he's not good. Like I think Trey Young is actually really good. He's been awesome in the oh, playoffs. Bold, bold. I know, bold take. But <laughs> yeah, but um, take. but bold he has cotton, been yeah. I really think he has been awesome in the playoffs. And it's it's pretty amazing to see a guy. I mean, like we're seeing like we saw it with Luca, but Luca, it's just the experience that he has, it's just it's hard to compare. Um, but what Trey's doing at his size, I think, is it's it's like a modern Allen Iverson a little bit. He's also he's he has trimmed a lot of the fat. There are sometimes like there's there's you know we've talked about this before during the season like there's a tendency for him to I haven't shot in a while so this is going up. There's a tendency for him to shoot get back shots when a, when a guy scores on him. Like if you ever if you ever if you ever watch like the uh, the Hawks play the Grizzlies like if if you know if if Jaw goes by him and and like gets a dunk or something it's going up. Yeah. But he's has, but he's just completely reined that in for the like. It's come out a couple times, and you know, part of when it comes out is like that's frankly part of what got the Sixers the lead is like Seth Curry is hitting some shots, and then. But when it's but for the most part, he's just cut down on those kind of like possession light on fire plays. Yeah, but you know the other thing too, like in this game, it's funny he. I didn't even realize he had 39 points. And a lot of it's because he went to the line 19 times, you yeah. know, and the, 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 the thing that he, the thing he hasn't okay. figured out yet in this series. And this is what's kind of funny about it is he hasn't figured out in beat at all in this series. Every time he comes yeah. in off a of pick and roll and sees him beat, he has no clue what to do. It's, I don't know if I get a floater off. I don't know if I can get the lob off. I don't, maybe if I wait and go really late and no, Embiid's like, Embiid's done a great job on that, but he's done a great job of not just settling for threes himself. Like, okay, I'm going to get in the lane. I'm going to find opportunities. And he's done a great job on the probe dribble and finding opportunities yep. out of that. Yep. He's so, you mentioned that actually, like if there's one thing that's been actually really impressive, it's Embiid has actually like guarded him on switches. And moved his feet well. And then, I mean, that's an area where Trey's kind of size, like actually, because it's like, okay, I beat you to the other side of the rim and I still can't shoot a reverse because I'll just eat the ball as it comes flying back to me. Um, I did want to say that you mentioned the Trey free throws. It was a correct call. We got to get rid of the Matisse Thibel foul, right? Yes. Like Thibel had, had landed and was three feet in front of Trey. Now, the way the rule is written and enforced right now, it was an absolutely correct call. I'm not saying that. I, it's horrible. That should be an that should be an offensive. No, I'm no, not no. Saying you're that, right. I'm not. I'm should not saying they should foul. have called an offensive. I'm not saying they Maybe should not have there. called an yeah, offensive yeah. foul. I'm saying that that should be an offensive foul in the. Yes. Well, you know, the rules are wrong. Next See, year. this is the issue. Yeah, that's what the saying. rules are that's bad. What I'm and so, like, we look at the referees in, trying to interpret these rules by the letter of the, of the law, and that's why we hate the referees. Those rules are bad, man. And, and I think that the competition committee, honestly, needs to give the refs a little bit more. You know, leave it open to their interpretation. Guess what? Those referees understand the sport. Probably yeah. better than some of us. Right. No, like that, like that, like the foul on that, that foul on Thibel is there's there's no landing space thing going on there. It's like it's, you know you can you can tell the difference between like a guy going up for a jump shot and I get my feet under you and me like 
Superman diving at you with the ball to try to to try to oh my feet landed where he was. Uh, no, we're hundred percent agreement on that. Jumping forward into the guy with no real intention of shooting, jumping to your side with no intentions yeah. of shooting. Got to get that the hell out of our game. And yeah. and you're right. And, the, and it's the appropriate call now, but we need to get it out. Save yeah. it for Smash and, and, Brothers. And again, again, there's there's a, there's a difference between like you say jumping forward there's a difference between jumping forward to shoot and guys a lot of players like especially smaller players like they drift forward on their shot as part of like they they sway like again the refs know the sport and can tell the difference you don't fall you don't i'm sorry but you don't lay down on a lawn chair when you sway and that's what jump shots in the nba have turned into these guys land on their heels Right. Like, I mean, this is they are not taking jump shots anymore. They're just literally honestly, they're trying to injure defensive players. If you if you want to extrapolate what's going to happen, we're going to watch a guy really wreck an ankle or a leg like in a severe way, landing on one of these idiots laying down on a jump shot. I mean, it's just it's it's awful to watch, man. Yeah. And 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 I'm with you. And that was a huge play. Yeah. No, that's that's where they got. That was I mean, that was such a big play right there. Um, I'm with you on that. And to be clear, it was the right call. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, we, we're not, we're yeah. not, we're not killing the rest. of the rule is correct. This is our, yeah. for, this is our future complaints. Um, and also, yes. by the way, if, if you're an offensive player, you have to do it. If they're going to keep giving you free throws, it why a, wouldn't it's you? It's incentivized. It's a smart play by Young. You know, we just yeah. got it. We got to take that out. I'm, we're all in agreement on that. I'm the idiot for continuing to get mad about it is what it is with no, no change we, we all get I got to get I got to just say, ah, it's the, it's the sport now. 193 so playoff games for Carl Malone. important to get some easy passes. Donovan Mitchell. And because Brooklyn is forced to is play at the tempo they're playing. Because, you, you know, James only can go so far. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high value customers, drive higher revenue and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 that's linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 and get started. Road in Brooklyn. Still Who do you trust more? For the Clippers. You get this one coming to a two-position game. Well, I like my chances if I'm in a possession ball game with Kevin Durant. It'll be him. Uh, okay, Clippers Jazz, guys. I mean, you want to talk about... I, I mean, <laughs> listen, hey, well, Paul George is a good player, but I'll tell you, the Clippers pick-and-roll defense, it, with no Mike Conley out there for Utah, 
They don't need Kawhi. Is Utah running a pick and roll? <laughs> They're trying. They tried. And now they may not Are have, they? by the way, for, for, for game six, they may not have Conley or Mitchell. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, they're 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 sort of running to spots like they're going to run a pick and roll, but they kind of, it's, uh, uh, my, my grandfather used to drink uh, extra dry vodka martinis, and what he meant by extra dry was he would take the cork out of the bottle of vermouth and wave it over the top, <laughs> and that that's how they're running pick and rolls. That's the pick and rolls they're running. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you came up and run back. Okay, now I'm going to ISO and pull up it. Um, and that's so that like they're like you talk about a team getting away from their offense. Like this has happened a couple of times in the playoffs and in the series is Utah, ha- because they have great shooters, bangs some tough shots early. And then they like, you know what? We're going to take tough shots because we can make those shots instead of like, well, we made those. That's good. Now let's run our stuff. Yeah, it's fr- and they just completely stop. And yeah, it's harder against the switching defense and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Okay, they still have to play defense. If you you run your stuff, make them guard after the switch, and they're just not doing it. They're just like, oh shit, they switched. Let me back it up. I'm going to go, and so they end up with like 60 percent of Donovan Mitchell's shots in the series. I think have come with like six seconds or more of touch time. Yeah, and that's like they're just it's it's devolving into hero ball, and you're going to play. You know, with like it's easier now with Kawhi, but it's a little bit like you know the Bucks trying to play hero ball against the Nets. Like, who's going to win that? Yeah, no, it's it, it just kind of doesn't make sense. Like, they got seventeen made threes in the first half, and they were from good offense for the most part. You know, um, and then stopped. And also, it should be it's always a troubling sign. You make seventeen made threes and only up five at halftime. It's it's you have you have you have problems on the other end. But just to look at how they got those shots, they got a lot of good looks out of that, you know, and drives and penetration. They got jazz-like offense out of that. And it's it's like a theme of the playoffs, man. All right, second half, <laughs> throw out what Let me just punt Let's try everything that works. Right, you know, um, it's just like, what are we – it just it, it didn't make sense. And I understand, it, like, Mitchell was jacking up shots. But it's like, look, if he's hurt or if he's really that impaired where he can't really do it, He's hurting the team, and you got to get him off the court. Like it's that simple. And and he took a couple really bad ones. Airballed one late down the stretch. Like you can't you can't be doing this. There was there was one time they like the Clippers went on a little run. Jazz call a timeout. Coming out of the timeout, Mitchell dribbles straight down the middle of the floor and pulls up from twenty seven feet. That, that's exactly what Quinn out of it. No, yeah, like no way. <laughs> Well, and it's an interesting like if you if you say okay Mitchell is hurt okay and that's maybe that's why he's doing this right he he's trying to just get those jumpers up instead of working for better shots or whatever it's an interesting comparison when you look at how James Harden I mean and of course James Harden has Kevin Durant to carry the load but the way James Harden has used himself as a decoy a lot on offense. He, can, he looks, barely looks like he can move. I wonder if maybe you just got to get Donovan off the ball if he's playing in game six. Just, you know, put the ball in Joe Ingles' hands a little bit more. I don't know. No, they and, and they've – in the last two games, they've gotten good stuff when they go to the Ingles-Gobert pick and roll. Like, Joe Ingles is a, like, a good – and also, like, okay, against the switching defense – you, okay, well, a smaller guy gets on him. Joe Ingles is 6'9", 
and he can do like the slow-mo thing. He's like, oh, I've got a small guy on me. Let me just amble here. And either they're going to bring help or I'm going to amble in and shoot this little layup. Also, and fast release on that it. step back too. Yeah. You know, over a and, shorter and, guy. Yeah. And just, you know, go, go to that. Like part of the reason why Utah's offense was so good all year is they had four guys who could run a good pick and roll. And okay, Conley's out. So, but it should be the best pick and roll guys. <laughs> it should be no, but they're but but they're but they're turning like they're basically they're because of it's this like flatten out hero ball. They are turning Bogdanovich and Ingles into stand in the corner guys, and they're both so much more than that. And somehow the guy who's in like the decision making spot, and Greg Anthony yeah. called this out really well on the broadcast last night. The decision making spot is Royce O'Neal. And the Clippers are ecstatic about every that. time. And one thing we yeah. got to give Clippers credit too, though, is they've done a great job mixing up when they send the double teams to Mitchell. Yeah, they do it. They, some possessions it's early. Some possessions it's in the middle of the action. Sometimes it's late, and it's never really like the same thing three times in a row. Like, but keeps him guessing. Yeah, but it's it. They can do that and and disguise it because O'Neal's guy can come and just stand on the nail. Yeah. And like, okay, Mitchell throws the quick pass back. He's not shooting that. He's not driving it. So it's just, it's just like, oh, he threw it back. Now we got to throw it back to Donovan. And then we just burned eight seconds. Yeah. All right. And you put, you like, put, put Bogdanovich in that spot one time and see if they, see if they help. Do you I, get, I dare you to help. Do you want to take, do you want to take your victory lap or do we want to take our victory lap? I should say on Terrence Mann. Big, that was a game changer for them, I think, for the Clippers. They needed that. I mean, had, they just had, weren't getting. Uh, okay, but they they weren't. I mean, the, they weren't getting that sort of offensive energy from they, anybody. They had they he had moments where he was scared in the play. Like there were offensive plays where he was scared. Like he would get the ball and be like, "Nope, somebody else needs to get this. I'm not doing it right now." And then the, and then there were moments where he made sense. And it's so like and. As a young guy, I understand all of that. So I'm okay with that. And and it's great because they need – what you're right about is they need the energy more than anything else. Like he will penetrate into the paint. And I know we're, 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 we're lining up Seth here ready to go here for, for uh, a take. But like that was a – I mean that was a big time play. You know, yeah. when he drove in and, 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 and got himself a poster, you know, um, it was, <laughs> it was pretty, it was, I thought it was balls. It was the dunk Morant wanted. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was like, no, that, that, that's a great play, but you, but you know how that, like, you know, we, 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 how much do we talk about when you see a defensive breakdown? It's, 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 it's very rarely the guy who's, who's man scored. Yeah. Like you go back and watch that play. And why did that play happen? Is because Donovan Mitchell olayed Paul George on on like the Mitchell was was like trying to hedge, trying to blitz, trying to something, a small small pick and roll, and just olayed him. And he, Paul George splits it, comes straight down the lane. Like okay, so Gobert is guarding man, so he has got to come off the stop Paul George at the rim, sprint back out to the corner, and then try to contain that that ball. Like okay, he he. That's that's you're you're asking your big to do that, and but okay, well why can't he do that? Okay, you're right. You should have a small in the game and just let Paul George come down to the lane and dunk there. Like you know, that's not the the breakdown. There is nothing Rudy Gobert did. It's you can't couldn't contain the ball because Mitchell's hurt and also not a great defender. Yeah, and and 
you know, this is the thing. Like, it's it, it, it kind of goes back to Giannis should be guarding KD. Like, that's not. This yeah. isn't the. This isn't the thing here. Like, what makes it's not NBA defense is not guard your guy. No, it's it's so much more right, and 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 it's all about your rotations. Where are you at? And it's a five man thing, right? And you're only as good as your weakest defender because when that guy gives up penetration you're in trouble and it puts you in rotation. And I think that's the thing that people are losing sight of in, in all of these questions in terms of defense and like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? Granted, I was screaming, why isn't Kawhi guarding Luka uh, in the first round? But I think that one made a little bit more sense <laughs> than, than what we're talking about here. Cause <laughs> yeah. Kawhi could actually guard Luka. Whereas in other instances, I don't think it's a great uh, example. And, and, but, and that, and that's at least like a strategic, kind of okay we have other guys who kind of can and as the series goes on we'll do that right because that's like anyway yeah no and i it's it's the the, the go bear discussion in particular is just, I, I you know i don't want to it's center more. defense it's, it's generally center. uh yeah. you know i don't think i i've made no secret about how i feel most people uh you know at least their competency level when it comes to looking at basketball defense generally but in particular Nobody knows how to how to talk about big man defense in the modern NBA. And, and well, to be fair, there are people that do. Mo Dekeel is one of them, right? I mean, I, I think there's there's a little bit of a rule of thumb is if like the ball handler is like coming downhill at the center without like a defender on his hip, it's probably not the center who screwed up. Somebody messed up. Yeah, like so. Well, you know, but- someone. You died on a screen. Someone didn't get over. Someone didn't switch right. Well, there, it's called the last line of defense right. because it yeah. is the last line of defense. It, the rest of the defense has been broken down. And, and this is why Rudy Gobert is so damn good because that 90% of the time when he's the last line of defense, it's, it's, that's no, the best guy you can get. This is, there's a reason why most dunks in the, in the half court, most posters in the half court – are on centers. It's because they're the ones that are rotating over. It is. It's not their fault. They're doing. They're even getting dunked on. They are doing their job. You know, it's the the guy that screwed up before them and all that. We can go on for hours on that. I'm sure we will. Feels like one of those like chicken soup for the center soul. That we're gonna have to write that book. Okay, um, <laughs> We've had a let's busy get. Few days. <laughs> all right, I, I like honestly, guys. I, I'm scared to like leave my house. I went on a run and I started getting texts from you guys. I was like, are you seeing this? No, because I'm running. And so I, you know, respond. Uh, what's happening? Everything. Okay. So <laughs> let's start with the Pelicans and we'll get to the Mavericks. Let's start with the Pelicans. Stan Van Gundy is out after one season. Look, this is a rough year on everybody. I, I don't even know how you can judge the the job anyone did, but by any standards, New Orleans underperformed, but also, to me, it kind of feels like a wasted year of development, uh, in particular Zion, because that's the only thing that really matters for the New Orleans Pelicans this season to me. So, you know, it's a bummer. Stan Van Gundy, like, likable guy, great on television, pretty good coach, not working out. Um, I guess let's start there, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff that's come out since. Uh, uh, Mo, I mean... You can't you can't argue that the performance was great. You can't do that. No, and and but some of that too is you got to also look at roster construction and and what you're trying to create, you know, and 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 how you're trying to build. I mean, it wasn't a great year, 
let's just be honest. At the end of the day, everything that happened with the Nets, or excuse me, Nets, sorry, Pelicans, just didn't really work in that sense. And look, I understand it. Okay, hey, he didn't vibe with the young guys. Like, let's just call it what it is. And all right, they want to go another way before. It's it's kind of smart a little bit to the degree of like, all right, we screwed up with this hire. Let's get out of it quickly and go to the next and try to fix it as quickly as possible. But some of it too is like, I don't know if you gave him as much of a chance as you could, considering this was a year with very little practice time, very little training camp, and all of this. This was a tough year for any coach who took over the job for the first for uh, first first time on this team kind of deal. And they traded their best player right before the season. Oh yeah, yeah I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, would would you say that that's a roster that all fit together perfectly? I wouldn't. No. So this is not about performance, right? Like, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that even though the performance was poor, that this is not about, about performance. There's more to yeah. it. No. And this is there's an interesting parallel because you're talking about like, like he didn't vibe with the young guys, but Tom Thibodeau vibed to the young guys well enough to get coach of the year. And I think this is this is a really, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing about how starting a season, like, okay. The coach is on us. He's demanding all this blah, blah, blah. We start the year six and one. And then it's just like, man, yeah, let's do this. Now, I don't know if that would have fixed everything in, in New Orleans, but it makes it a little easier. And where like, you know, Tibbs is is jumping on people like he does in New York and they start the season really well. And, you know, their defense is working because their Jedi defense was working and then it's like oh yeah coaches coach knows what he's doing about defense let's buy in and it's just it's it's that that's natural but it's just that's that's a sort of a sliding doors thing about like the shots go in or they don't and that like determines everything that comes after the one big difference in this and we talk about this a lot is you can tell Tibbs has the backing of the organization the players could have gone and complained to Leon Rose and he would have just been like, eh, eh, nope, I'm not, not here to hear this. You know, I'll, I'll listen to you, but that's about all you're going to get from me. And I think that's kind of the difference in that instance. Right. And, and, and the ties we've known, you know, with Leon and, and, and Tibbs and all of that. So that makes a big difference in all of that. It's, it's, and you're right, Seth, like, right. If they start out six and one, it's a different deal. Guys are more energized and things like that. It just it, it never worked out, but I think also the Griff has got to take some of the blame to it, as as Dave was saying. This roster never made sense, and then when you stumbled on, hey, the way we should play offensively is Zion should be our main ball handler. You're in a situation where it's like, okay, now this team really doesn't make sense, right? Because like Eric Bledsoe's not a guy I want to kick the ball out to for a three. You know, you have weird kind of. Uh, guys out there that doesn't quite fit and now it's going to it's going to be a very interesting two years i think for the pelicans trying to figure out how how they're going to play going forward and build that roster going with it did we talk about the brandon ingram thing last summer probably but we can talk about it again like rehash it no i no i mean i don't think you can't build a team you cannot build a champ it's very difficult to build a championship level team with Brendan Ingram and Zion Williamson as your two guys. Not that each of them individually couldn't be cogs or important, like top, you know, in Zion's case, top guy, in Ingram's case, top three, top two guy in that. But as those two guys together, they make no sense. And this this was eminently predictable. 
because you know where you know unless Zion can play the five defensively, which absolutely not seen. <laughs> no, no, we've seen we've seen very little evidence of it, and it's you know it's it's, it's you know sometimes guys can overlap and it works, but. Like the situations where that, you know, the minimum standard for that working is like, okay, Paul George and Kawhi kind of overlap, but they're Paul George and Kawhi. And like uh, the, the sort of this, the maxi version of that is like LeBron and Dwayne Wade, right? These guys aren't that. And, yeah, you know, Zion might be that, but do we really ever think that Brandon Ingram is going to be that? And you're committed to those two guys as your, you know, your big chunk of cap space max guys doesn't make any sense yeah and they're and they're kind of stuck you know they got they traded for steven adams and he got an extension i mean they're although in, it's probably well, tradable I mean, every contract's tradable but I, it, now you're just I, it's I, extra work i think steven adams, i think steven adams and zion can work together it, i mean if they rebound like crazy them. yeah well no Steven Adams rebounds like crazy. Yeah. Zion okay. doesn't right. defensively. Right. Let's just be honest. I mean, no, sure. if we're going to talk sure. about you're it. Right. Like no, you're right. Defensively, he doesn't. Yeah, Offensive right. rebound, he crashes the board. Defensively, it's like hammer <laughs> chilling. Um, you, you know, and uh, that's why you need a guy like Steven Adams and, right. and, and that regard. So I kind of understand that, even though I didn't at the time, but watching it, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, makes sense. I just think they got to figure out their guards. If, if we're going forward and and they got to figure out what they want from their coach, right? They're going to need a creative offensive mind. They're going to need a guy that offensively can come up with some interesting stuff because Zion's a unique player. So you can't just come in and run the same stuff you normally run. Like you got to get a little more creativity in that. And you're going to need somebody that can hold these guys accountable. And, and, and the front office has to back them to allow them to hold them accountable because there's going to be defensive mistakes. But you got to be able to get on those guys when they have them. Uh, if we're talking about coaches that know how to do stuff, is this a good time to move to the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, quite a bit happening for a team that has Luka Doncic on it. You quick, know, quick you question, would think quick that, question, Dave. How, how yeah. many miles are you away from Dallas? Oh, not that many. I'm about two hours. So, like, as yeah. soon as you move near... Oh, things go. I did this to the Spurs. Look, I ruined the Spurs. I killed the Spurs. Kawhi, I moved to San Antonio. Kawhi gets traded. Manu retires. Tony mm-hmm. Parker signs with the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I'm yeah, a curse. That I'm a curse. I forgot that yeah, happened. I, yeah, I forgot all about. <laughs> I'm a curse, guys. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, um, okay, continue so on. So, yeah. Mavs fans, I really apologize for this, but but here's my thing. Uh, the power structure there had mostly been in, in place for a really long time, right? Rick Carlisle had been there for since 2008. Uh, Donnie Nelson Jr. had been there since 1999. Um, Haral Bob has only been there the last couple of years. This, this power struggle, which by the way, I'm sure you have by now, but if you haven't read Tim Cato's story on it, it's some fantastic reporting. I don't just say that because I love Tim Cato. It really is excellent reporting. And it came out before all of this stuff happened. Um, It's a mess, plain and simple, right? Like this team at this stage shouldn't be having a complete overhaul like this. This season wasn't awful for them. I mean, you know, everyone went through a really challenging year and there were a lot of positives for the Mavericks. There's some negatives, but there were a lot of positives, I thought. No, I mean, like you just look at it. It's it's just looking forward. Where where are you going when you look at this team, and and how are you going to build next to Luca? 
you know, and in those things. And listen, they took a gamble on Porzingis. And unfortunately, they owe him a crap ton of money for the next three years. And you're paying a very high level role player second option money now now you're in a, a tough spot you know and and I, I to trade him you're gonna have to give up an asset or take somebody else's problem it's it's along those lines where it gets challenging in that stuff but the organization has kind of it's weird it's it, it crumbled in three days you know and and it, it, it maybe it was beginning to crumble before but publicly it happened very quickly now the basketball decisions though I mean, Mark Cuban was making those anyway, right? Like, this is just the people who are around him influencing those decisions. This is, you know, my reading of the situation here. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in in the position of having to now pull this all together at this point. It's, would you? You know, I'm gonna. You know, as as sort of entertaining as this has been, kind of in. You know, they. They we make the second round of the play, but nobody will care. Yeah, it's embarrassing in the moment, and you, we we move on. Like remember, like you know, it's a completely different situation. But remember how like uh, people, oh my god, no free agent is ever going to sign in Philadelphia because of what Sam Hinkie did. Right, and then as soon as they got decent, like nobody cared. So it's it's you know it's I think people uh, are going to want to play with Luca for sure. I don't think yeah, that's going to be any like, any not, kind of a concern. Yeah. It's 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 not it's not good that that it that it you know things shook out this way or anything, but it's okay. Things are done. Move on. We'll see what happens next. Now, the issue is probably more what you just said that Mark Cuban is making all the basketball decisions. And ultimately, the owner, obviously, or the franchise, the governor, whatever, governor, whatever we're calling him, yeah, yeah. Like that's like obviously it's their money, so they you know at some level get to. But in terms of like, it's it's it is a it is a more than full time job to do it. And with all due respect, it's not something that most owners do full time. Yeah, no. And here's here's the thing though, like I kind of understand it, and it's worked for them in the in the past and how it goes because it's all about letting the guys underneath to do their jobs right and donnie nelson's a guy you just you trust infinitely right like in the same way with the spurs it's like hey when it was rc and pop pop trust rc it wasn't it wasn't a question you know and 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 allowed him to help make those decisions i think it's it just comes down to you have a lot of infighting in the organization right now and you got to kind of just, everybody's got to, not anymore. Well, yeah, not anymore, but you did, <laughs> but you did. And, and, and like uh, all the family business was settled in the last couple of days. Yeah, no, clearly. And, and it, it's a matter now of figuring out, you know, what, how we're going to do things. Cause the thing is, it, it's weird if it's just one person whispering in Cuban's ears, right? Like the ideal scenario is like, he has his, core group of guys i'm going to listen to these guys and then i'll make a decision if he's just listening to just one guy it becomes a very big problem i think and by the way like it became very public in dallas but this is no way unique all over the place to dallas yeah there's there's a lot of places where decisions get made because someone is whispering in the owner's ears like oh, this guy and like as so you know if you're working in basketball ops and that stuff kind of goes all right yeah so didn't i mean didn't didn't the lakers have a uh like 
Dr. Buss's bartender uh, as a scout. Oh, yeah, no, the, the Jim Buss yeah. era is a different story. Yeah. That was, that was, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like, listen, you, we, you know, there are characters throughout and, and, and all sorts of people wield influence in all sorts of places. So, it's, yeah, it's it, nothing it, weird. There. The, the, what you would ideally want in your front office is, you know, the scenario is like, I want to hear everybody out, but when I make the decision, everybody toes the line. It's not, and no hurt feelings in terms of, well, he mm-hmm. didn't go with what I said. So now it's, uh, uh, there's going to be an animosity or I can't believe he listened to this. It's like, heard everybody out. Now I go with it. Move on. All right. Let's talk Carlisle quickly. Um, I mean, as a championship coach, there's not a lot of those on the market every year. Um, Carlisle, would he be like the, the best retread available? Uh, he's the you? best option out there, yeah. period. Like there's not, there's nobody, there's not another, uh, Seth's making a face, so maybe he doesn't like it, but like, I <laughs> no, think I, there's not I a better, there's a very, it, it depends on the situation. Probably. It's a very particular team. Like, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I'm not talking about I'm not sending him to Orlando to rebuild. Sure, no, exactly. like, yeah, exactly. like the Celtics, yeah. for instance. The Celtics, uh, I think Portland. You know, I don't that's think the Celtics team. are Milwaukee if they make a change. I'm going to tell you why I don't think the Celtics are an option. I don't think he's going to want to go and play under Brad Stevens when he has more experience and success than Brad Stevens. Like I, it, 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 that, that doesn't. Make, I would almost think it would have made more sense for him to go and be the team president and Brad Stevens to be the coach. To be the coach, than, yeah. Than, than, than the other way around. I don't. I mean, that, that's that's going to be an interesting thing because I you think that part of this is like, like it really seems that Brad just didn't want to, didn't like the coaching grind. The anymore. grind, yeah. And so, like, will like if he's able to, like, yeah, no, I'm doing basketball, but I'm doing this part of basketball. Like, you know, there there have been coaches who have like made that transition. Like Lawrence Frank has been a oh Danny good, Ainge, like I mean, guys yeah, have but, done it. But if you're yeah. if you're Rick Carlisle, you know, like I'm assuming you're gonna maybe and maybe if he did go to a situation like Boston, he would have a seat at the table. You know, on making those decisions and stuff, and, and maybe that's Coach a partnership that would work Coach out. Always has a season, season well, but, seat at the table. But how I'm with Mo. I get is, it. Uh, you, you know, how that? big is the seat? How big is the seat? <laughs> right. Well, the, though the seat has like lever where it goes up. Sometimes it's but bigger, it's, and it's, sometimes. It's, it's, but if yeah. you're, I mean, if you if you've got Brad Stevens as the pobo, and you're Rick Carlisle with this resume, and you're coming in, I, I think I'm with Mo there. I, um, but also, I don't know if the Celtics are a good enough team. If you're Rick Carlisle, you probably are going to be able to choose between a couple of different situations. Yeah, but they got, I don't know, man. They got I think a couple they, of things they've got to some fix, cap they, issues to fix. They got a couple of things to fix. But let me just be honest with you. Every team that's going to be potentially open for the most part all has some sort of issue with it. You know, you talk about Portland. You also got to remember that Terry Stotts was Rick Carlisle's guy. Is he going to want to go replace him? Now we've seen it. Tyloo took over for Doc Rivers. That's a, you know, kind of deal. Like that's that happens all the time in coaching. But it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. And we gotta see what happens with Milwaukee, because I think ultimately that's the big thing. You know, depending how game seven goes, might be a new opening, and that's gonna be the first the first one probably filled, because that's the one I think Rick Carlisle is gonna go for. Wow. Uh well both uh, so far with uh with both the New Orleans and the Dallas shops. The names that I'm hearing are new coaches. You guys, you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, like for the Mavericks in particular, I think it's a little bit weird to do a first time coach, but I, I need to see, you know, who is it? And then what does the staff looks like? 
Because we said the same thing about Nash. What is this going to be? What kind of coach is he going to be? And then they get Mike D'Antoni and they kept Jacques, Jacques Vaughn. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I have a lot, a lot less to worry about by the there. Way, by the way, can we give Steve Nash some Great job some this credit? year. Doing a great way, job. He's, yeah. I, I've, Dude, I the, have you know, to apologize. I have a lot of The emotional intelligence stuff. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I, man, it is as, – as a guy who has hugged players – Coming out of the game, I love I love the way that he is interacting with his guys. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant put that team on his back, and and you can even see Kevin Durant couldn't even hug him back at the end of that game. I I mean, I loved everything about that. They got all right. The the Brooklyn Nets somehow have great vibes. No, they got great chemistry. They have good chemistry as a team. You know, they got to they they need more time together to figure out the on the court stuff. But the off-court stuff, they have they have good chemistry. I just want to touch on one thing, Dave, because one name that is being mentioned for the Dallas job, Jamal Mosley, he's been an assistant there for a long time. To me, that's even though it's not, even though it is a first-time head coach, it's also a guy that's been there for a very long time, has good relationships with Luca, has the institutional knowledge. So, granted, mm-hmm. there is some stuff he's going to have to learn as a head coach, but I I feel more comfortable with that than bringing in a first-time head coach. With somebody who who has known nothing of the organization, and and yeah, he'd have he'd walk in with locker room equity, yeah, and, right, and, and, and that's important. And I think that so for me, that's kind of the thing, and that's kind of why I actually don't mind if 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 Carl Lawson gets the job in Boston, having been with Boston before she went to Duke. Like I, I again, it's along those lines. I think that makes sense. Carol Lawson, also by the way, from the DMV, so you know maybe the Wizards should should put a call in. To Carol Lawson. Uh, all right, that's do, it. Do you want to? Do would you want to? Uh, well, Dave, do you want to tell the <laughs> listeners about your your sort of connection to Carol oh, Lawson? Oh, have I ever said? Oh, my wife uh, played AAU basketball with Carol Lawson. I guess they lived near each other. So, Carol Lawson was a super athlete, though. Um, and there are a lot like there are stories. <laughs> my wife is an okay athlete. Uh, the girls, the girls' high school basketball team that I coached in Arizona, they always loved when my wife would come because she's doesn't pass. She's a ball hog. And she would she would routinely in her mid thirties put up like twenty-five in a scrimmage against these poor high school girls who didn't know how to play basketball. <laughs> Ruthless, man. Uh you guys got any closing thoughts? Uh I mean, this is it, it it's been a weird week, man. Like the basketball has been up and down, but with some really amazing performances. But man, like the news just won't stop. I'm I, I, I'm just waiting to see what the next uh uh news drop is going to be it seems like never ending i don't know we haven't even gotten into player demands yet for trades which you gotta imagine <laughs> that's coming somewhere in the next few weeks yeah. some one there needs to be at least one we need a cherry on the top of all of this so who do you the, the weird thing is there's the two series that are three to two and i think that you could really make a pretty strong case for the two to win both of them yeah, well, okay. I think when you look at my thing is when you look at Utah and and David mentioned it, like we don't even know if Connolly and Mitchell are going to play, yeah. so that becomes a different scenario. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest, man. I got no faith in Philly. None. Yeah, I don't think either. they have the mental toughness. You can see it. And, well, that's the thing. When well, things go you, wrong, they it doesn't like they don't find a way to right the ship. They find a way to just. Let's pour more gasoline on it. Let's light this puppy even. Let's get the flames all the way to the moon. Like it's that level of stuff. There's one solution that the Sixers need to to think about. Okay. 
Paul Reed. Wrap up. No. Ra- well, Paul, yeah, yeah. But wrap up Danny Green's leg and get him out there. They're missing Danny Green. That's well, the thing. He was doing so well hand. when he had both legs going. <laughs> well, they need the steadying hand of the always reliable. Okay, no. So, I, but Danny I did. Green. I did want. I, I did want to ask, like, who do you guys think? Like, let's 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 embarrass ourselves and make some oh, predictions. No. Here. I've been. I've been. I, so I think I do bad. that plenty. I've been so bad. Hey, I've had, <laughs> hey, I have had to pick every game of this playoffs individually. On the athletic. Don't blame me. That's your so job. I, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know. <laughs> Why well, I got to do it now? That's so your job. I, like, I have I have recorded votes is what I'm All saying. Right, so, so I would so, like you to share in the Well, I've already said Philly's right, not going to do it. Yeah. Okay. I, I think yes. I'm with the Hawks too because I, I just trust those guys. to be. If Philly comes out and punches them in the mouth, I just think that the Hawks will punch back. And, and I don't know that Philly will respond to the counterpunch because I haven't seen it. I, 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 I listen. I'm picking Atlanta, even if it goes seven. I think Atlanta would even win a game seven in Atlanta. Sorry, Philly fans. I'm just in Philly. In no, Philly, in Philly yeah. same thing. Wherever the hell, Play Trey Young, moon, man, becoming a legend gonna, right in front happen, of our eyes. You know, um, and then, and I think it's more because Philly and not Atlanta. I think it's Philly's issues. Yeah. Everything we talked about. I think the. I'm going to go bold. I think the Clippers close it out tomorrow night or tonight. Yeah, I think so too. Listen to I, it. I, yeah, I think seven. I think the Clippers figured it out. Uh, Bucks, yeah. Nets, man, God, it's so tough because you know the the minutes load on heart uh, on Durant is an issue. Harden, obviously, with the hamstring, is an issue, and the Bucks just should be able to windshield them. I so I kind of think that that the that tonight was as much about like sort of the emotional exhaustion as it was the physical and that's that's not going to be an issue yeah going into a game seven I, but I'll, I'll say so, this Durant's played over 40 minutes in every game but one and 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 I'm I'm beginning to get concerned because he did look yeah. and you're right some of it's emotional some of it's freaking physical like a lot of the shots were short <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I, I either way I don't like I, look, it but I'm Kevin doing this the bucks fine okay the bucks there I close my um, eyes and just you know, did it. Kevin Durant has just been so much fun to watch in the playoffs, man. Like I miss that guy. I, I'm I'm so glad that he's on this run. This, this is, is so not a this pick. Is so great. Oh uh, no, yeah, he's doing he's, he's just, I've I'm taking the bucks. I stepped up. I'm taking the bucks. I'm taking the bucks. I'm taking the bucks. So I I'm gonna go the other way. I think it's gonna be <laughs> I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Clippers. Uh, Hawks. Wait, Nets. Clippers, Hawks, Clippers, Nets. Hawks, Nets. Nets. Yeah, gotcha. That's, you picked everything, but but the the Nets is that's yeah. the only place yeah. where we're different. Yeah, great. So we can laugh at you next now. Week we're right. I, the, the the funny the funny thing is 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 like the second most likely outcome is Philly wins the next two games by a combined seventy points. I don't trust them too. <laughs> like, I don't trust them. No, I don't. I, no, <laughs> well, that's, that's actually like, no, the only way I trust them to win it. I don't trust them to win anything close. I just, I can't, man. We're just rambling at this point, Dave. End yeah, we show. are. We're, yeah. we're done. Guys, that's it well, for this, this week. Uh, man, and I hope you guys have been enjoying the playoffs as much as we have. Because, I mean, this is, I mean, we don't normally record this late, but we wanted to wait. Because, I mean, these games are just, they're loaded and it's fun. And, I mean, it's great. So, I anyway. Think, I think we I think we understand why we don't usually record yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We're a little punch drunk, this I'd far, say. by the way, folks. I know. Have a shot. Good luck. <laughs> anyway, uh, for Seth and Mo, I'm Dave. Thank you guys for listening to The Athletic NBA Show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Nerdy She Wrote.